Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is for the week ending Friday, May 5th, 2022. I'm really excited. We've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes on Find Your Film. We're also doing, after we record this, we're also going to be doing a an episode, a preview episode of Cinematics. That's going to be very short and sweet, kind of like, I was going to say kind of like Bruce or Eric, but I'm going to be narcissistic, short and sweet and fat, kind of like me. So that's going to check out our Cinematics little preview after this. But this is, this is a heavyweight. This is a heavyweight episode where we're actually going to be talking about three really interesting movies. Am I correct, Eric Holmes, about these three interesting movies? That we're, are, you, are you excited about what we have to talk about this week on Find Your Film? I am. This is actually, well, I, I, I say this often, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we keep seeing awesome movies. So, uh, yeah, I get that uh, five-star uh, shirt thrower <laughs> shirt cannon ready. Speaking of shirt cannon, Bruce and Eric, what have you guys been working right now on the website? Find your film podcast.com find your film podcast.com eric and and bruce what have you guys created behind the scenes a la what victor frankenstein what have you guys been doing you've created a monster for the <laughs> countenance of my face shows the horror that awaits us all very good but we also got a uh, find your film podcast.com where you can go get hoodie t-shirts uh a sticker cups like we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna play around with the merch uh, th- there's a thing on there where you can make a jersey i've been uh undercover uh designing a uh, finder film jersey i'm sure no one wants it but it doesn't matter because it's on there if you want to click on it if you don't that that's fine but uh i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with this um you know keep keep checking and we're gonna keep messing around of course when we mess around maybe we post it on a cinematics facebook page which is a good place to go if you want to keep up to date. But yeah, that, I'm I'm really like having a lot of fun playing with that uh, Teespring and figuring out like a uh, fun designs for T-shirts and whatnot. Okay, very cool. And Bruce, you've actually designed something too, kind of sorta. Of. You, I think you did a sticker. Did you do a sticker? Did you yeah. create a? And I, I also want requested that you do a shopping cart for us. Can can uh, can find your film <laughs> listeners buy a find your film shopping cart too as well Uh, it's in the works um hang hang on i need to refresh myself here oh okay (laughs) bruce is drinking with the with a big long fingers from everything everywhere all at once (sighs) he's he's from a20 much much better i gotta wipe up oh very good oh okay that's very very cool of you Bruce. Um, yeah, <laughs> there are no hot dog fingers on finderfilmpodcast.com at the moment. At the moment, yes, yes, that would be so, copyright infringement. But those look anyway. Good. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I helped make a sticker. That's pretty much all I did. Um, I know that Andrew, my son Andrew, requested a shower curtain. I don't know why I want a shower curtain. <laughs> oh no! And I know Not- that when when outside sale has happened, I don't know if you guys are aware of this, but no. Mr. Uh, Peter Beta, middle class film class, bought yes. a pint glass. Oh, that was him. Yeah. Oh, very cool. Very. All cool. right, we can retire. Lock it up, everyone. <laughs> Thank that you. Money, that pint glass money is rolling in. I, I, I would say if if someone has like a if they're looking through the uh, finderfilmpodcast.com, um, and you're looking through the, you, you should make a shirt of this or. I, I could use some finer film socks or, you know, hey, here's a stupid idea. Throw it at us. We'll probably do it because it doesn't cost us anything. We just uh, basically we do the we do the uh, design 
have fun with that and then put it up there and then everyone looks at it and go yeah that's cool little, little I, I, I don't know what i need with a finer film shower curtain but actually <laughs> yeah. I'm, actually i'm getting a finer film shower curtain. very quickly <laughs> also a little, little bit speaking of ridiculous eric holmes you know eric's been hard at work at the merch it was his idea with the teespring stuff then bruce jumped on board and these guys uh, this is uh, this is a uh, behind the curtain thing, and they, they don't know I'm going to say this, but their prices on these on this merch, they they were actually thinking of not marking them up. I want I want them to mark up these items so we can get our our pennies and our coins. I want profit. Where Bruce and Eric, they're not good with math. They're they're trying to mark it down. They're they're trying to actually pay people to to buy the merch. I was telling them we need. It's all about the almighty dollar, Eric. What are you trying to be? thoughtful where's this coming from huh? well they they all so when you make a thing it, it automatically pops up what the what the price would be yeah and uh i always mark it down 30 cents for the <laughs> reasons you'll find out why when you click on findyourfilmpodcast.com <laughs> this it starts off at blah 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 99 cents i mark it down 30 cents you know okay Bruce, do you sanction this kind of thing? Because I want—I'm all about the almighty dollar and and non-inclusion. What about you, Bruce? Are you going to jump on my bandwagon on this? Or I, I tried to get him to do the five hot dog finger discount, but he didn't do that either. <laughs> so I don't know. He's not listening to me. All right. So that is findyourfilmpodcast.com. Findyourfilmpodcast.com. If you want to check out the merch that Eric and Bruce have created, some interesting stuff to be on on the series. Note that I'm actually going to spend my own money to actually buy a Find Your Film shirt, t-shirt, which has the nice black and white. Fi- oh, very good. Like, just like that. That's like a hoodie. Oh, the, by the way, did you, did you put your Find Your Film hoodie through the ringer, through the washer, Eric? Yes. How did, yeah. And, and it looks good. Yeah. Logo? Yeah. It, 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 it shrinks a little bit, but I mean, it's no more than clothes normally do okay so it, it works out pretty good i say that too when i'm on date i shrink normally but like normal people do but that's just life bruce is that a good uh come on for me is that is that why i don't have a date at, at, at 50 years old what do you think it, it worked on me so i mean i don't know <laughs> Oddly enough in cold water it doesn't shrink as much that's i, I don't understand how that works with the i might be water. one of I might be one of Guillermo del Toro's many creatures under the deep. That's why regarding cold water. Now, before we get into our three features, very quick plug on our website. I've actually, I promised Bruce and Eric for the last two plus years to actually get our website going. Finally, finally, findyourfilms.com. Not find your film, findyourfilms.com. Go there for um, like movie trailers, movie spoilers, movie news. That is our website, which will support our Find Your Film podcast. And it will also support our Cinematics podcast. Why is it not findyourfilm.com? Because someone, some some genius actually bought findyourfilm.com. I don't know when, who knows, guys, maybe when we started this thing two years ago, maybe there's some really evil genius who just bought it and he or she, they're selling that domain for $1,900. So I don't have $1,900 on me. Eric, we have to go to findyourfilmpodcast.com and buy enough t-shirts. We can come up with the money to buy that domain. Buy that domain. Probably won't. Yeah, go fund me for that that domain. But again, findyourfilms.com. Check out that site. We're going to be doing a lot of stuff on that site. But the site, the merch, the cinematic stuff we're going to be doing soon, all that is, there has to be a starting point. That starting point is our weekly movie reviews on Find Your Film. Our first movie is a movie called Shepherd. Sleep a lot. Why, Eric? The dream is... Why? I go to the dreams. Why? 
haven't even heard of this place. It's a far way out west. Breathe in space, Mr. Black. Just that, right? The old cottage. That's your home now. It's just me and you, Blackstone. It's just me and you. Something's haunting you, Mr. Black. I can see it. You always pull back to what you know. You can't help but follow your blood. Buster! Buster! What's going on? Nothing that can't be remedied with a little honesty, son. Who's there? I get the devil's child. What have you done? You're a bad omen, Mr. Black. What have you done? I curse in the very ground you walk on. Selfish, ungodly hole. Cast down into the fires of hell. Quick up! What the? Quick up! This is a weird movie, Bruce. You, you were the first person to see it. Uh, I'm going to try to go and just very quickly say that here's a guy. He's suffering a tragedy regarding his, I believe, his lover, his, his soulmate. He, he misses her. She's passed on. It's just him and a dog. He gets a job at a lighthouse to secure a lighthouse in some remote island. I, I believe this is an Irish story or something, but it's uh, it reminds me of a of an Eggers kind of film. As well, this this movie Shepard, but I think it went on a different direction. I ended up kind of enjoying it, but Shepard, it's what one would call a slow burn. It's in, slow burn to the point of it, it barely, sometimes it barely even registers. So, wondering, Bruce, your thoughts on Shepard about the man, basically a, a lonely man and his dog, and some nightmarish visions, along with one of the co-stars from The Witch. How did this movie work for you? <laughs> one of his co-stars from The Witch, uh, and a co-star from Meander, which I mentioned last year too, as well. She's in uh, his dearly departed wife or girlfriend. I don't remember if it was wife or girlfriend. I believe wife, um, yeah. This is a movie, uh, uh, if you're waiting for a plot that's going to really unfold and I think give you like satisfying conclusion, this may not be for you. This is one of those movies, I think, if you if you like the atmosphere and the mood and the tone of it, then you might find a lot to enjoy here. If you're going for a very plot heavy story, you're probably not going to have find a lot to enjoy here. I actually think of it and you talk about um, Eggers lighthouse. I think this is more like almost like a classic ghost story. This really seems like a ghost story, you know, like you're, you're stuck in an isolated place and is it haunted? Are you going mad or are both things happening? And it almost has a lot of elements that you see in those kind of stories, but I think it does it with a pretty good amount of style. I, I feel like this movie has, uh, it has like mood and atmosphere to spare. And that I really enjoyed about this movie. I, I wouldn't say it's a wholly satisfying experience, but like while I'm in the experience, I was enjoying myself and I found it to be genuinely creepy, which is kind of hard to say these days, genuinely kind of spooky. And it was pretty, I, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. I wouldn't say it was, like I said, I wouldn't say it was the greatest in the world, but good enough is what I would say. <laughs> Not a wholeheartedly, you know, endorsement, but a good, good enough. Shepard is headlined by Tom Hughes. He plays the aforementioned loner with the dog. I don't know who plays a dog. Some dog plays a dog. Also playing his mother is this woman named Greta Scacchi. And 
I, I know me and Bruce, I'm assuming Eric is old enough to, to remember when Greta Scacci back in the 80s, early 90s, she was considered a, a leading lady, sex symbol, just beautiful. I mean, she, I believe she was in this movie called Presumed Innocent with Harrison Ford, if, if memory serves. But I remember really as a teenager digging Greta Scacci in here, she plays a mother and she has a really interesting role in this movie as well. Great to see her kind of acting journey come full circle, rounded out. Eric, how did Shepard hit you? Did it hit you as good as as uh, as Bruce? Like as ent- entertaining enough feature to watch? I was very uh, what's the word? Very confused uh, because of this movie, and not for the movie itself. I was watching this movie and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't loving it. Like that, that and I I don't know why. This scene, this uh, movie has a lot that's similar. That has a lot similar to the Blazing World. A movie that sure. a lot of people hate. I fucking love that movie. I loved it too. And, and Bruce is Bruce is going. What yeah. are you guys thinking? What are you, what what is what is Greg and and Eric smoking with the Blazing World? But uh, Shepard, like as Bruce says, it has that atmosphere and it's got the weirdness to it. And I was like, oh, I should be, I should be loving the shit out of this. And I'm just, I'm just not. And I, I couldn't figure out why. And I think we talk sometimes of, uh, you know, when you see a movie, sometimes it just hits you at the right time. And it's like, ooh, this thing's firing on all cylinders and I'm right there on its wavelength and this thing's awesome. And sometimes it doesn't. And I think this is a movie that I should have loved this movie. And I think if I watch it again, I probably will. But when I was watching it, I just I couldn't get on board with it. I couldn't get on its wavelength. And it just kept pushing me further and further away from it. Yeah, I I was very... uh, confused and i guess uh mad at myself because <laughs> so i was like i don't get this this has everything in it i love and it and it's not like usually when a movie's bad or it, at the very least if i hate a movie i can usually point out why this is why i don't like it It does this this is stupid i didn't line up with this this is a movie that i don't understand why why i didn't get, get it or why i didn't like it I, i'm just well, very you know in your very defense perplexed by it in your defense about you being confused and being perplexed by Shepard, that's the intent. I mean, it's really hard for anybody to understand what this movie is about. Bruce, I'm sure you're, you're trying to put the puzzle pieces together. We have a picture of what Shepard is, and I think you're either going to love it or, or enjoy it, appreciate it, or maybe not based on the oblique presentation and sort of the abstract presentation of Shepard. And this is one of those movies, which I think I'm on Bruce's camp, where towards the end of the movie, I ended up liking it, not loving it. It was a really big, slow burn. A lot of the reveals were really good. But then when it gets to that ending, which is a really abstract ending, it worked well enough for me to actually mildly recommend it. I have a feeling that Bruce, out of all three of us, Eric, is going to be the one who gives it the highest rating. First off, I'm going to give- For now. (laughs) For now. But no, this goes to the point where Bruce is saying it has mood and atmosphere. And I think, and you said, you were saying bad movie. You were not mentioned, you were not referring it to Shepard. You're referring it to other films you've seen. Shepard is a really well done movie for the budget and it looks gorgeous. The location design is great. The pacing's really interesting. There's some really- interesting moments for this movie for me i would give give shepherd a mild recommend which is three stars what about you eric where would you go on this it, this is why this is really hard um this goes back to when i saw magnolia the first time i would have given magnolia one star i watch it now there's a five star movie for me so i think this might be i think this is just a movie i saw at the wrong time right now it's two stars but this this movie is 
totally my bag. And I think I just watched it at a bad time. I really want to give this movie another shot because I think this is going to move up a lot, at least for me. Mm. Well, Eric, here, here's the thing. I'm the big boss of this operation and you never, you, you can't, we have too many movies to watch. What are you watching right now? Before we started recording, you're watching a movie called pleasure, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not supposed to talk about that till next week, but yeah. I know, I know we're not supposed to talk about pleasure, but I'm, we're going to talk about the word pleasure. Yeah. You, the only pleasure you're going to get with, by being a co-host on this podcast is the movie pleasure. You, we don't get pleasure from rewatching movies. We have to keep on watching. We're ha- right, Bruce. Are we a hamster wheel? We cannot rewatch movies. That's against the rules. What do you think, Bruce? Always moving forward. We're like sharks. If we stop, <laughs> we will die. Yes. I, okay. I, I will say though that I, I think people should check out Shepherd because it is it is one of those specific movies that I think there are people. I, I would compare it to the Blazing World, but I'm. On but you love on the that. blazing world yes i i do but uh, me and you are the only two people on that blazing world island um but that I'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to think of something that shepherds a movie someone's gonna someone's gonna watch it and they're gonna be all over it they're gonna yeah. it's gonna hit them at the right time and they're gonna be like what holy shit this movie's awesome and hopefully i get there one day i'm not there yet but i this movie has everything i love about it or everything I love in movies, and it just didn't work for me this time. Bruce, to what Eric was trying to say, also, do you feel that there will be people who it will really resonate with with certain people? Because it's a horror thriller that has actually a lot of things to say about trauma, maybe? Or is, are we describing too much? Okay. I think you're most apt to enjoy this if you go in for the mood and the tone and not for the story. That's kind of well, what I yeah. think. I, I think because it, uh, I think I actually compare it to a video game. Like, uh, have you ever played a game like Dear Esther, which you may have not have ever played? Yes. Or these yes. games where they kind of call them like walking games, where they really don't have a lot that happens, but it's all about living in a a setting and experiencing the setting. And this almost feels like it could be that because it has distinct spooky settings where a little bit happens, but not a lot happens. I think your enjoyment of this is like, do the spooky settings have enough atmosphere? that you like enjoy living in that world. Or if it doesn't, then it's going to be like, this is a waste of my time. <laughs> and I think Eric is li- leaning towards the waste of his time, at least at this point. At and this I think point. some others will lean the other way. I don't, I don't think it'll blow many people away, but I think some people will, will get enough from it. So, okay. What is your rating Bruce on shepherd? I, I kind of lean to three and a half. There was enough that I really liked that I'll go a little higher. Um, but it's still, it's just that barely better than a mild recommend, but I would definitely say go in knowing what you're getting. Cause I think a lot of people are going to be more in Eric's camp on this one. So. Okay. So this movie is shepherd stars, Tom Hughes, Greta Scacchi. And I don't, I'm trying to remember the actress from the witch. She has a very good role that is just, play i guess what the, the mother and the witch and she's very good in a very small role but it's it's a pivotal role in shepherd we, oh, yes. mention uh kate dickey she plays the fisher the lady who drops him off and she's really cool and she plays in a ton of things you ever seen her before i'm sure i've seen her you have seen her before look up okay. her, her 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 list of credits sometime you'll be amazed at how many things you've hey, seen greg Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. You know, I I really love Don't Look Up and people hate that movie. I really love uh, Aaron Sorkin's directed movies. And for some reason, people hate that. Maybe I really love Shepard and give it the two stars to uh, reverse psychology everyone. So they love this movie. You know know what's so funny? Bruce, you know what I find so funny? 
you I gave it three stars and you gave it three and a half stars. The biggest praise that that's getting is from, from Eric Holmes trying to say, hey, I gave it two stars, but I'm an idiot. That's that's a really nice thing. Very kind way to look at Shepard. Bottom line is it's an interesting movie, whether you love it or not. Tell us what you think of Shepard when it comes out in theaters Friday, May 6th. But if you're a hermit like me, folks, fellow cinephiles, you can actually purchase it on demand and digital on May 10th. Maybe there'll be some further discussion on our Cinematics Facebook group. You guys should, should join us up for that. We have just great recommendations from our fellow members. Some They're, they're all actually, I'm going to speak in, in front of just Bruce and Eric and just myself, just people like Joseph Bridges, Matt Stillman, Andrew Martin. Some of them are even podcasters. Uh, just who else? Who else? Some really interesting people. Jason Kleberg from Force 5 Podcast. Some really interesting cinephiles. Angie Clark, who we're going to mention in a second. A lot of interesting movie, daily movie recommendations for our Cinematics Facebook group. And that is Shepard. Our next movie is a film Iranian film called Hit the Road. It's a road movie. A couple of parents, they're middle-aged. They're probably, both of them are in their late 40s. Their son, who's probably in his mid-20s, he's driving them to some unknown destination. They also have another son who is probably five or six years old. Before I, I just want to do a little bit of a U-turn. I want to tell you, Bruce, you mentioned Dear Esther. Dear Esther is a very psychological scarring game. This is what kind of human I am. I actually, one of the Claire's first video games as a four and a half year old was to play a little bit of Dear Esther. She now needs a therapist. I am a what, did, what is Dear what, Esther? Dear Esther is just a crazy sort of a walk, walk and talk. Not a walk and talk. You're actually going to this really weird island, which is why Bruce mentioned it with Shepard. And it's dark and dreary, and you're wondering what, why are, why are, what's going on in this island? So it's sort of a Twilight Zone esque kind of situation. So. I don't know. It's, I shouldn't have. So it's kind of like serenity, then. a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> like so. Yeah, it has some of those mind-bending moments, like serenity. What's not mind-bending is hit the road. It seems like a very linear story. The the kid, the five or six year old kid, he's just he's talkative. He's wise. He's a wisecracker, wiseacre. He's always making jokes, and he's the life of the party. And the mother's very loving, and they're trying to sing in the car. And the father has a has a broken leg, and the the son, for some reason, he's not joining in all the happiness. He's very, very quiet and morose. And as the movie goes on, you kind of figure out what what's going on behind these people in the car for Hit the Road. It's a comedy, but ultimately it's a drama. Eric Holmes Hit the Road, by the way, it's only playing in, in Los Angeles this Friday. And I think hopefully it has a bigger rollout. How did this movie hit you? So uh, much like when I'm watching Shepard, I'm like, this has everything I love. Why don't I love this? Hit the road is this has everything I hate. Why am I greasing up the five-star shirt cannon right now? (laughs) I love the shit out of this movie. It's easily probably one of the most charming families because you're with this family in a car pretty much the entire time. Once in a while, they go out to take a pee or uh you guess they go camping at the uh towards the end but yeah they their their family dynamic and just hanging out with them i i wanted to hang out with them longer and then it, it's got a uh we forgot the, the dog we forgot there's a dog there too there's a dog yeah the kid is pem zam level adorable uh the scenes where they have him singing and he's like staring at the camera like lip syncing the song that's playing they get a little weird with that sometimes because i don't think that the music's actually playing i think the pl- music's playing within the movie but it's not playing for the characters so it's, sure. it's this weird kind of dream sequence almost Th- those parts were really good the mom 
Dude, Mom, oh my god. Amazing. Holy crap, she is fucking good. The dad's good. Uh the the older brother's good too, but he didn't have much to do. Um, because his character is kind of quiet most of the time. Everyone in this is fantastic. The writing's fucking great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the this hey, you want to watch an Iranian movie where they drive through the desert for an hour and a half? That's a hard sell. But I'm telling you, this movie is really fucking it, it's really funny. Uh the family's charming, and I I love this movie and I want to watch it like 300 more times. There's a there's a moment in hit the road where they actually hit not just the road, they hit a biker on the side of the road. The biker goes in the car for about several minutes and it's just one of the best written pieces I've seen in the past year. It's just a real conversation. There's a lot of resonance and there's just a lot. There's a getting to know you moment there. There's just really, it's not, not too bantery. It's just a perfectly mounted sequence. And the, the I, ending, the ending's really good too, because the, a, a thing happens that I won't say, but a thing happens and you kind of get it like they, they they do that that perfect thing that movies do where it's like we, we don't need you get it you get it and a lot of it comes from the the mom character and how great she is in this oh my god this movie's so good yeah, she's <laughs> so good very very tough i was uh i, I broke down a couple of weeks ago with petite maman there's a lot of things that hit the road it will catch you in the feels the requisite feels written and directed by pana pana just a really wonderful film from kino lorber definitely not last not but not least bruce tell us about hit the road what do you think i i am right there with eric on this movie i'm glad to hear you guys liked it as much as i did and i um i had this weird experience with this movie because with a lot of our screeners for people who don't get screeners or who do get screeners um, commonly you get five five watches so if you watch it once and close out your screen come back then you have four watches so on and so forth well especially on Saturday and hopefully not today, knock on my desk. Um, <laughs> I kept losing, we, our Wi-Fi kept just falling apart. So I was down to one view and I had about 35 minutes left on this movie. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I was hanging on, must get the rest of this movie in. <laughs> anyway, beside that point, um, everything Eric said is exactly true. Oh, I, I want to mention the bike rider scene is great. Talk about how great it's written and how you get to know somebody and how it's quick and how you, how you show like really a, a really compacted scene within a movie of how you write something really well, how you frame it really well, and how you display an unspoken thing really well. Because what that biker is actually doing is never actually said, but what he's actually doing is incredible and it's funny and it's I don't think the family ever gets it. But as a viewer, you go, oh, I see what's happening here. And you talk about them being in the car the whole time, which they are. But also there's all these moments where they stop. And all the stopping moments are really key. And usually that's where the story kind of progresses even a little bit more. And you get some really great moments between different family members. And just little things. Like there's a shot. Uh, they stop at a, it's a gas station or a little shop. And at one point, you have one character looking across the distance across like the grasslands or whatever it is. And you see a chair and you see the chair start moving and you don't know yet what that means. And you're like, what the heck? And they start running. And when you find out what it is, it's just, just great punchlines in here. And I also want to mention, uh, well, reiterate the mom. There are scenes with her where you're just looking straight in her face and you see her without much or any dialogue go through multiple emotions. I mean, it's fantastic acting that she's doing. And it's 
there's some beautiful stuff in here too. There's just normal shots, but there's some other shots in here that are absolutely gorgeous. There's a shot um, where the father is walking towards us in the foreground. It's, it's almost nightfall. There's a hill raising up behind him with illuminated tents. There's people walking up the hill towards motorcyclists that are coming down the hill. There's conversations going on in the background. You know what's happening. There's a lot of moving parts in that scene. It's beautiful. It's also moving the story along. This is fantastic. I don't know Iranian filmmakers. I know they have a history of being great filmmakers, but we've seen some fantastic ones lately. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what, if you guys. Uh, are, oh, go ahead, oh, Eric. What what um, taste of cherry? Is yeah, that, you've seen it. We haven't seen it. You you is, is that it. an Iranian film? I believe it is. I believe it is. Let yeah. me look that up because this movie had um, this movie had a bunch in common with that. Where uh, taste of cherry Iranian? Yeah, minimalist. And this had a lot of in common with uh, taste of cherry. Where taste of cherry did a lot of. Uh, just long shots, like they can't. They put the camera on the tripod and just let it sit there and let the let the scene play out. Which normally I hate that shit. It's boring, but that's oh. something something about with Taste of Cherry and also with this with Hit the Road. I dig it, and I don't. I don't. I can't understand why it just, it just kind of works with this. I think Bruce was mentioning something about the framing in the movie. This is one of the best framed films I've seen yeah. in the last couple of years. I think that gets to your point, Eric, because if you don't, if you frame it in a showy way, then it just becomes obnoxious. Like maybe a Brian De Palma film, which I love. I, I, I'm fine with that. But some people will say it, it might be too auteurish, but there's something about it. The way you, you were talking about that beautiful tour de force sequence, visual sequence, Bruce, it feels like it's organic within the movie, not the director trying to show off. Right, you know, and that's a you weird line to to straddle. Yeah, you know what? You know what I think it is with uh, Tasted Cherry, especially. And by the way, if you haven't seen that, watch that. It, I think it won like the Palm Door or something. But even if it didn't, it's still a good movie. But you have the scenes where, um, you know, uh, you'll see the scene, and then the the camera will just kind of, you know, look at a car way way in the background, just kind of move. But I don't know about you guys, but that. For me, that usually comes after a scene where it could be something funny or it could be something poignant or it could be something. But either way, as that car is driving, I'm just kind of I'm still in the character's heads. I'm thinking about what I just saw and I'm still trying to process that. And I think with uh, and Greg, not the shit on bad luck banging some more. But I'm going to. Um, <laughs> but, but like when the when the woman's like moving and then the camera just kind of goes to the side. It didn't give me anything. Now I'm just watching cameras moving for the sake of it moving. But with like uh, something like Taste of Cherry or Hit the Road, I just got done seeing the family do something hilarious or funny or they had the conversation about something. So as I'm watching the car go, I'm not waiting for the next scene. I'm still processing the scene I just saw. Yeah, and because I, it's I powerful think, or funny or I, all this. Yeah. I think that's where something like this works, where something, at least for me, um, uh, bad luck making or when they do it in that, it doesn't work for me. Um, I, I agree with you, but can you do me a favor and stop throwing some strays yes, over at yes, bad luck I, I, I <laughs> or lady porn? I won't be the last time, but it'll be the last time for a while. By the way, Bruce, you have like 10 free stray shots you can shoot at a bad luck banger in Looney Point. Have you been just have you been keeping your bullets for for later episodes? Keeping my powder dry. <laughs> right exactly. No, this is very this is very very good. This is a very good movie. I don't know what else to say about Hit the Road. For, uh, to be honest, this movie for me 
is a four and a half star film. I just loved everything. The performances were fantastic. There are moments that, look, if you've, I was thinking, if you've ever been in a family, and I, this is one of those movies where it, and, and you'd had a loving mother, this is one of these movies that hit the road will resonate with you. So I think even though it's an Iranian film, it's a very universal story. So four and a half stars for me. Bruce, what is your rating on Hit the Road? Well, as I was watching it, I wrote four and a half, and then I wrote five, and then I wrote four and a half, and I ended up on five. So I'm going to stay on five. Five stars for Bruce Perky. What about you? I, I think what you're, <laughs> you're going to say, Eric Holmes. I mean, what I about you, sir? The shirt cannon. Boom. That's a five star. Five star. So when did you realize this was a five star for you? Was it just one of these things where you said, this I, is just perfect I for started, you? I started getting that feeling when the mom was singing to the older brother. She was just sitting yeah. in the driver's seat and it was like, oh, and then the, the dad's like, uh, Hey, where, where's my brother? Oh, we didn't tell you. We got to kill him. We had to eat him alive. <laughs> like, oh my God, these people are so awesome. <laughs> it's really good humor as well. And really good, by the way, also really good use of just pistachio nuts. I mean, you never know what's going to, where that's going to come in in a conversation and they can use such just seemingly insignificant material or food and actually make it work. What? Hey, have you? Maybe you might see a Coca Cola can. You might see it in a completely different way after watching Hit the Road. Very inventive, interesting, and ultimately moving film. Again, it opens May 6th in Los Angeles, but track this down in your local Cineplex theater. Hopefully, it rolls out to you guys. Hit the Road. Really, really wonderful. Again, it's going to be at the Lamley Royal and the Lamley Town Center 5. This was a very big treat for us. And thank you, Bruce and Eric, for letting me actually, uh, starting the show late for me to actually finish this really interesting and resonant film, Hit the Road. Regarding happening, there's something that's happening. And this is a movie, I don't even know how to start. It's 1960s, it's France. It's a, oh, I think a girl, she's in college. She, she's really interested in, in her academia all girl I'm, is it an all girl school but she's very serious about her studies the problem is she's pregnant that's the premise of happening and one of these days she'd want to be a mom but she's still a student she still wants to continue her studies and at this moment in 1960s if you try to get an abortion you will or if you're trying to get an abortion what's the penalty you can go to prison and whatnot one thing the the least punishment you'll get is you'll be kicked out of school so this is, she's caught in a catch-22, not even a catch-22 situation. She has no options. The only option she has, if she wants to continue her studies, is to ha- abort this baby or actually lose this baby. Obviously, this subject is very prescient it, considering what's going on right now. Happening though, let's judge it as a movie by itself. I think that's not a bad thing because judging it by a movie by itself has a great performance and a lot of things going on with it. Bruce Perky, happening, interesting film. Yes, it yeah. is an interesting film. I agree. <laughs> if you're if you're saying yes, is an interesting film. Yes, interesting film. Um, I think the approach to this is what makes it work, and that is you are uh, Anne. I believe is her name, Anna Maria. Oh my God, Vartolomea. I don't know how to say her name, but it's very good. First of all, she's she's really really solid in this movie, and the the way you have to do is you have to be with her. And you're with her from before she knows she's pregnant and through the whole process. And what it does, it's really smart. It doesn't over-dramatize anything. It doesn't over-idealize anything either. She's just a, a normal girl in this situation at this time, in this place. 
and you follow everything. You follow her friends or her best friends that she hangs out with all the time and how they do or don't change. She goes for as long as possible without letting anyone know what's happening. So you're just seeing her solitarily trying to figure it out and then eventually trying to loop other people into this problem. Um, and it's complicated all the way through. Nothing is simple. Her solutions aren't simple. And I think most importantly, this is a movie that never looks away. Like it, I mean, it does, but it doesn't. It, it, it says like, well, what's she going to do this situation? She might have to do this. Let's do this. And it's really bold in that sense, I think as well. Um, I think this is a movie that's, um, it's going to hit some people really hard. And I think it's a movie that we talk every so often about it. I know Eric is really good about this and I'm not so good about it, but he's really good about pointing out sometimes certain movies are kind of important to see. And I think this is kind of an important movie for people to see. Hey, if you're already on one side of the fence, this might, this movie might just kind of confirm your feelings or kind of, but if you could get people to actually watch this, that are on the other side of the fence with a brain and their heart engaged and not their ideologies, they might be changed by something like this. It's that's me being very optimistic, but I think it could have that power. Eric Holmes happening. Yes. As a, uh, as a uh, male, I uh, believe I am qualified to speak on women's issues. And so I'm going to start doing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) Joking. Uh, This movie's really good. Um, the weird thing about this movie is that um, we live in America and the stuff I'm familiar with is American laws. And even those laws, I am not a, I am not a uh, lawyer, so I'm not that familiar with them. Um, but there are some parallels here and there, you know, there's certain things going on uh, uh, specifically with Roe Ro versus Wade. And one of the important parts about Roe versus Wade um, one of the key factors that I'm aware of isn't so much the abortion, it's the right to privacy. And I think what happening does well is it shows why you would need that. Oh, you know, if you got nothing to hide, what, what, well, you know, people are shitty. Maybe I got something to hide. Fuck off. Maybe I want to hide this thing. Maybe I don't, maybe I don't need everyone to know I shit myself every 10 minutes. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm going to get shit for that. Maybe I don't need everyone to know I'm gay. Because I'm going to get shit from that. Maybe I don't need everyone to know I'm going to get an abortion because I'm going to get shit for that. And I think one of the things beyond the beyond the abortion aspect, which is done really well in this. And like Bruce says, it doesn't uh, it sympathizes with the main character, but not um, absolutely. Uh, You know, there's there's you know, there's things that she does, you know, mistakes that she makes. But we're human. They, we do that sometimes and make, you know, uh, making a mistake, whatever that mistake may be, shouldn't, especially someone from, especially someone that's still in high school. <laughs> it, like if you're going to make mistakes, that's the place to do it. You know, you, even beyond all that, I, I think this uh, has a really honest look at the main character, Um, you know, doesn't always let him off the hook, but also doesn't punish him. Uh, well, no, that's not correct. It does. The movie punish doesn't. Him. The movie doesn't punish. Yeah, them, the, the, there you go. The filmmakers aren't punishing the characters. The the stuff that happens within the movies absolutely does punish the main character, and 
uh, much more than they should be. But then you're going to watch this movie from a certain mindset. Maybe you're like, oh, she got what she got. You know, she got what she had coming to her. They, yeah, abortion is a contentious issue. And I, I think this thing handled it incredibly well. And the fact that like Roe versus Wade and all that's like maybe out the door here in America, at the very least, um, it's kind of pretty much crackerjack timing. But the weird thing is that this is, uh, I believe this is a French movie. Mm-hmm. It's a French movie. And, yeah. and so that, so that, that's the weird thing. It's like, well, this, you know, they, they got different laws, but uh, it just goes to show you, uh, you know, uh, foreign languages movies. Um, and even with hit the road, you know, that they're, they're from over there. They're not like us. Well, no, we're all humans. <laughs> we, have, we have similar attributes. We have a uh, similar, um, you know, we have, uh, you know, similar good qualities and similar terrible qualities. And this is just an example of uh, society failing their people and yeah. someone having to live through that. Now, this movie, again, Bruce was mentioning the actress's name. Let's mention it one more ta- time. Anna Maria Vartolome or Vartolome, Vartolome. But she's very, very good in this movie. This movie doesn't work if she doesn't give such an interesting arresting performance your eyes train on her and actually follow her journey barrier to entry regarding happening is it such an intimate portrait you might feel suffocated because it's with her lock step and key just a whole hundred minutes and a lot of it is tough to take so all that said i the flip side is the actual subject matter about the whole thing about the pregnancy and whether she wants to abort it some may say oh this sounds like a very preachy social after-school special kind of movie and it transcends that it's not it's actually a very very interesting film to watch powered by great performance and really good writing great execution happening just as a movie i give it four stars definitely recommend this film eric holmes your rating on happening oh, let me grease up the uh, five-star shirt can again boom this is uh this is a movie that um calls it shot nails it and like I said, it doesn't do it in a preachy way. It doesn't in an honest way. Um, and, you know, for uh, those that are anti-abortion, this movie is going to bring up some stuff that might, might uh, you know, challenge your beliefs. And some of those that are uh, pro-choice, wait, did I say that right? Basically, both sides of the issue, it's going to challenge you on those. It, it's not, it, it's certainly, um, I think this is a pro-choice movie but it's certainly not um, blind to the argument from the other side. And I, I think this movie is very honest in that regard. Yeah. Bruce, which I, which I think it helps a movie like this. Um, we, I, I've, I mentioned one of my favorite things about Aaron Sorkin is that he uh, is not afraid to have his characters um, write characters that are, have really good arguments for a position he doesn't take. And I think this movie does a similar thing. Yeah. And, and happening, to be honest, as a dude, it was hard to see some of the, how the males were portrayed and happening because I remember when I was a young kid and I, I was dating as well. And maybe sometimes some of these young males there, they don't have a really fully fleshed opinion about life and empathy and compassion. And it's really tough as a male to actually watch this, but it's great. The credit to the story because it's a very realistic look at male-female relationships. I don't know what it was like to be in France in the 1960s, but 
this is a very also very universal story. Bruce, your take, your rating on happening. Um, I also rate it really high. I would also mention um, it doesn't let the women off the hook in this either, because yeah. some of the women treat her just as badly as as some of the men do as well. Wait, wait, men first, all right, Bruce? Wait, wait, sorry, Did I, I'm, I'm just kidding, folks. Listen, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. By the way, before Bruce uh, goes on with his rating. We just want to mention our buddy Mitch Burns. He's a writer. He loves movies. He's a he's a cinephile. You can catch him on Facebook at um, Mitch on Film. I believe he has his own Facebook page. Really, really good guy. He's a cinematic Facebook group member. Does stuff with the the Film Vault. Really, really great cinephile. And he sent a really nice email to Eric and crediting him and him and Bruce Perky for their in- inclusivity and all this stuff. LGBT. No, he, no, he said we could be more inclusive. Oh, is that what he said? He said we could be more inclusive. Yeah. yeah. He said, you got, he you said we suck at everything. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, no, no, Mitch is nice. Mitch Burns is really nice. Thank you, Mitch, for, for that nice compliment. Your Bruce and Eric are very, you know, they're very inclusive and they, they really want to spotlight a lot of marginalized people, folks and whatnot. And, and we, we want to actually spotlight diverse cinema from just different parts of the world. But I tell Bruce and Eric every single week, all this stuff, Iran or France or Bhutan, I don't want any of these movies. I would rather watch Disney Plus movies, MCU movies, and and recap Moon Knight episodes. How, right, Bruce? Eric, what do you think? I, can I change the programming and not do these foreign movies? I'd rather just do MCU films. Bruce, Eric, what I, do you think of this? Huh? I, only, I only want to be inclusive <laughs> and diverse because that's where the money is. Oh, so okay, I, okay. I'm with you, Greg. Oh, that's where the money, Bruce. I didn't know. Is that where the money is with inclusivity? Is that can we make coin? If if we do, then I'm gonna be. I'm all about inclusive. What, Bruce? Yeah. No. No. Yeah, presidents or rapists. That's where the money is. <laughs> Bro, comments from Bruce, but Bruce will comment on the rating for happening. Uh, I, I, if I were going by all my normal measurements of just like you know cinematic beauty and writing and presentation and all that kind of stuff i'd probably be around four to four and a half stars but sometimes a movie like this is actually does something else it's just it's important it's important for people to see because i mean i think both eric and i talked about like this is not the kind of movie you really want to watch again right oh you want a bunch of people to watch it at least once so i'm gonna go five stars as well five stars for bruce perky yes five stars for eric yes this is like the movie that uh, my parents. Um, there was a uh, there were certain movies at, at the video store that you didn't have to pay to rent; they were free. And uh, one of those movies was "Where Did I Come From?" And our parents rented that for us, and we're watching those kids going, "Oh, this is what sex is when two cats love each other very much and they rub <laughs> up against each other." And you know, it was a cartoon, and we we're watching it, and it was basically our parents like all right, we're just going to put this on and you need to see this just, you know, and then put it away. Uh, it's kind of one of those movies. Sometimes you got to uh, grab your uh, family member that feels a certain way about um, uh, prob- probably a male family member. I'm guessing it's like, Hey, this, this is what women should do and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know what? Why don't you sit down? I'll cook you some popcorn and I'm going to put this movie on just go ahead and sit down and watch it. It's much like my parents sat me down going, you know what? I don't want to talk to you about P and V G or whatever. I don't want to talk to you about the birds and the bees. I'll just sit you down and you watch this and you'll get, maybe this is that kind of movie. Set your bigoted male friend down or bigoted female friend down. And here's the movie. Go ahead and watch that. 
movies like happening are very insightful and educational. Same as that movie, Where Did I Come From? If I actually was actually watched that movie, if my parents had that free in the video store and I watched it, maybe I wouldn't be a 50-year-old childless podcaster. Who knows? Maybe I would have learned all the insights behind that movie, but there's a lot of insights behind happening. And also on a very base level, it's a very interesting movie to watch. Really good cinema. Eric Holmes, you had some thoughts before we close on Everything I just said, I take it back. On where did I come from? No, no, about about the happening. Happening? About sitting someone down to watch the happening that needs to sit down and watch the happening because it's subtitled. There's zero chance they're going to sit down and watch the happening. You never know. You never know. You never know. I know. What you need to do is you need to get Adam Sandler to dub it, and he can play the part as the main character. Ooh, I'm a pregnant. I'm a gonna go get an abortion. <laughs> Eric with a voice is very good rendition of Adam Sandler. Now we're done with our features. Okay, again, happening. It is in New York and LA in theaters May 6th, and it, and it expands nationally on May 13th. And that is it for Find Your Film. As far as the features go, now we are on to our box film. But before we go to our box movie, what does Pete do every single week, Eric Holmes, other than buy merch from Find Your Film? What does he do? Hey, Pete, grab the beat. Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? You lie. No. What's in the fucking box? That's a very good Sandler impression. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Bruce. And we are getting a cease and desist right now. Here's coming through. Very, very good. What what'd you got for us, Bruce? Uh, well, Angie Clark had suggested for the box that uh, Easy A uh, from 2010, directed by Will Gluck, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have never seen Easy A. It's been one of those movies. It's just kind of, for whatever reason or other, it's just always gone past me. So I thought perfect reason to watch easy a what is there to say about this it's kind of um it's kind of a lost type of movie they don't make these kind of teen uh sex comedies very much anymore uh not of this style this is kind of a like the end the the last gasp of an era but it's a well-done version of that movie and a lot of that goes to emma stone i don't know how many movies she'd made before this i should have looked at her her uh, filmography i think she'd been in um a few things but i don't think she was a huge star at this point yeah, this was it. This was the this was her movie. Yeah, and and the, and you see very quickly in this movie like how she's going to be a star because she carries it and she is all the things that if you like Emma Stone, which I do, you'll see all the things that you think see about her, and that is that she's just she kind of pops off the screen. She's got amazing charisma. She's hilarious. She can do the drama. She can go back and forth between the two. She can just look at the camera and and. And command it. And she has to do a bunch of that in this movie. Basic concept is uh, she kind of accidentally begins the rumor that she uh, had lost her virginity to some, I think some college guy or something. Her her friend kind of spreads it around and quickly it zooms around the school that she's done this because it's kind of out of her character. And uh, very quickly, she gets a reputation. And this reputation becomes very valuable to especially um, nerdy and or um, unpopular kids who might be able to use her reputation to increase their reputation. So the insanity ensues, and there's a whole giant supporting cast. Especially you've got Stanley Tucci as one of her parents. The parents are both great in this. Amanda Bynes is in this as kind of the uh, do-gooder 
goody two shoes head of that kind of Christian group in the school. You got a whole bunch of other people. It's a lot of fun. If you like those kind of movies, you kind of the, the old school, uh, you know, American pie, all that kind of stuff. But you like a pretty intelligent version of it and a very likable version of it. This is a pretty great watch. I wonder if the, that kind of teen film is still a lost art form now, because a lot of those teen films now are probably relegated to Netflix type movies, which. Yeah, I think don't... so. Yeah. Or, or series. Maybe they're turned into series now, like limited series runs or something. Mm, okay. So easy. It was kind of a dinosaur 10 years ago and it's worth watching. Where did you see it again, Bruce? Oh, it was on Hulu. I think it's several places. This is pretty easy to find. I had it on Hulu, so I watched it there. Okay. So that's easy. A starring Emma Stone and with Stanley Tucci as well in it and Amanda Bynes. You wanted to say something, Eric Holmes? You had something on your mind? I'm looking at her IMDb. This is kind of throwing me off because I I saw this uh, probably when it came out on DVD. So probably this came out in 2010, probably 2011. I believe it is an adaptation of The Scarlet Letter. Mm -hmm. Um, At the the very least, it has a lot in common with that. Yeah, it brings Um, it up a lot. But I'm looking at her, and, and this was the first movie that I saw her in. Or like, oh, who's this? I like her. And, and then you know, seeing her in like Crazy Stupid Love, and you know, other other stuff since then. But it looks like zo- she was in Zombieland, yeah, which came Zombieland. out a year before this. That's where I noticed. And I don't know Zombieland. why that wasn't the movie that turned me on. To me. It's interesting. Yeah. Well, she has to command this movie, though. She is yeah, like front yeah, and center. She is the entire personality of this movie. And yeah. I mean, for such a young and relatively unknown actress at the time to be able to like really, I mean, I'm sure this catapulted her in so many roles. Also, she did this. the voice of Maisie and Marmaduke. I mean, that should have that should have tipped me off. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so that is easy. A that's the box movie. Thank you, Angie Clark, our Cinematics Facebook group member. Most importantly, good buddy of all of us. Thank you so much for. Your recommendation of Easy A, loved her review. I remember it was, was it two years or a year and a half ago when we actually had Angie Clark on our Find Your Film show just to talk about the Montgomery Clift, Ely Kazan directed film, Wild River. I remember parts of that movie. I remember liking that movie. It's one yeah, of it was uh, that the one where the, they had the the island and they wanted to, they wanted to shut that down, move them it off has. of it so they can... Yeah. Yeah, make yeah. up a dam. That was yeah. a good movie. Yeah, and that so, I call who, it the uh, Deliverance prequel. Is what I call it. What was the What <laughs> yeah. was the name of the main guy in that? The Mon- Montgomery Clift. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That guy's. I like that guy. He's a man, Monty. Monty. Clift. I, I keep forgetting his name, but I, I I do think of him in Wild River once in a while, and I was like, yeah, that guy's, he's pretty. He was good. good. Very, very, very good actor. Pretty good. Okay, we are closing our show with. Our Dean Koontz Wallet Watch. Our Dean Koontz Wallet Watch is a nonsensical moniker that we created several months ago where we just meant, I don't know, I think I was stumbling and we just we just put together a whole bunch of names. The translation is Dean Koontz Wallet Watch every month. It's a rotating thing. Every month, one of, one of us three picks a movie for all of us to see that given month. Eric, you wanted to say. What was the original? Uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it was just Captain something like Koontz. Something or other, yeah. Was, from was, from Pulp Fiction, to read Christopher Walken from Pulp Fiction, right? With the watch, and then that's called the Dean Koontz Wallet Watch. So, what is the Dean Koontz Wallet Watch pick for this month, Bruce Perky? It is your turn this month. Well, I had I had threatened and or promised to make you watch Rosemary's Baby, yes. Um, but you would get another reprieve at least mm. for a little while. I mean, very, of course, you could just go watch it on your own. I mean, that would be crazy, but you know, you could <laughs> could do I that. Should. I should, um, yeah. But I give you a reprieve, uh, partly because I was listening to Andrew Watch's movies, and he was mentioning how 70s movies get so, I'm going to use the nicer term, assaulty. And I was thinking like, oh yeah, 
you know what? He's not wrong. And even though I think that movie might be like 69 or maybe barely 70. And with that director, I'm like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We're not going to watch that movie. So instead, I was also reminded by Andrew Watch's movies. He was listing, listing like the top, I don't know, was it 12 or 15 movies on Shudder that are really good? And I'd seen, I think, all of them. And it reminded me like, yeah, that is a really good movie. I don't know if either of my co-hosts have seen it. I would like them to see it. So we are going to watch Spring. Spring? That sounds like a Japanese film from Yasujiro Ozu or something like that. Spring. No, 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 no. Spring is not. It's from the last, it's maybe five or six years old now. Uh, by the two gentlemen that make all those other movies like, uh, oh God, now see, you're going to make me remember them. I can't remember any of the names. We, we just watched one of their movies. Okay. Oh, we just watched Spring by... No, okay. we watched another movie that they made. Hang on. Okay. Uh, you might okay. have to cut this out. No, I'm, I'm not going to cut out anything. This is the week where... While Greg, I look up IMDb. This is the week, Eric, when I when Greg does not become Gregor Scissorhands and cuts like about 10 minutes of the show. I'm going to let everything... <laughs> yeah, this, this is, week. This is uh, Greg with cut. hot dog hands. All right. Greg with so hot dog hands. There will be no cutting spring, here. Spring is directed... Synchronicity? Like Synchronicity, uh, guys? Yes, by the uh, guys that made... Synchronic. They made Resolution, uh, Synchronic, oh, The Endless... Okay. Okay. Um, they are really good at making not huge budgets, independent, really interesting, unusual concept movies that usually have some kind of fantastical element that isn't done in a really generic way. And Spring is no um, exception to that rule. Uh, it's by uh, Benson and Moorhead. That's the guys, the two guys. Benson and uh, Moorhead. Mm. And this movie is... Probably my favorite that I've seen of theirs. I think I've seen almost all of their movies. Uh, but this is one movie that I think will be a really fun to talk about. It's not a huge long movie. It's available almost everywhere. I looked it up. I think you can screen it, stream it in like four, five or six places. So you should have no trouble finding it. Well, here's a good news, Eric Holmes. The last movie that these guys did, Benson and Moorhead, their last movie was the, the 2019 film Synchronic, which I think both yeah. of us, all three of us were talking about how much we liked it. I think all of us liked it in varying degrees. Like it's a very the, interesting movie. And the Endless. Yeah, and the endless. I was back in 2019. Thank goodness, though, Eric Holmes. I'm so happy. You know what's the good news? Where Benson and Moore had been, where they've been the last three years? What's that? What do you think they're maybe working on something? Well, they did in 2002, 22, a movie called Something in the Dirt. No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Wait, wait. You stop. You stop, Eric Holmes. I I was like, please don't tell me they're doing like a fucking Doctor Strange 4. (laughs) What are you, Doctor Strange 4? What are you talking about? In 2021, they directed an episode of Loki. And then this, and if you want to see more Benson and Moorhead, Bruce might be better than spring. You can watch three episodes of the currently, oh, just recently ended the mini series Moon Knight on Disney Plus. So you can watch more Benson Moorhead. Probably will be a little bit more personal and intimate than spring. What do you, you think know what? Is? If they're making Uh-oh. money, they're making money so they can make these other movies. I'm all for it. If okay. They are. But also keep in mind that uh, Sam Raimi has not gotten back to us since Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> Oh, are you excited about this weekend? Are you going to be with a popcorn with Doctor Strange and the multi? No, what? What? What's Isn't it's Sam Raimi just about it's Disney? To finish. It. <laughs> Isn't oh, it's sure. Sam Raimi yeah. just about to finish yeah. Evil Dead Rise though? Oh, might be good. Yeah, yeah, maybe. And and even still, like Sam Raimi, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he's done Evil Dead. He's done Highly it well. Triggered. Oh boy! But uh, you know what? How many, look, I, 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 I want to get. I want to get. Drag me to hell, Sam Raimi back. I want to get the gonna, like, uh, said, a simple plan, back. Sam Raimi back. I want to get Dark okay. Man, Sam Raimi back. I want to get you know oh, okay. okay the the Sam Raimi 
hey, I haven't done this a hundred times already. I want to get the for love of the game Sam Raimi back, man. Come I'm, on, I'm, I'm I like cool baseball. with that. You're cool with that. Okay. I, I don't want to see for love of the game 17, but I'll watch for <laughs> the love of the game one. Okay, we are now closing the show. Remember, findyourfilms.com. Check out our website. We're going to be doing some really interesting things. It's still, I would like to say it's a, it's a work in progress, but I made some really big steps the last couple of days. It'll be, we're going to have some really interesting stuff on the site. I might even upload that three hour plus conversation that Bruce and Eric and William Lynn has had with the long walk filmmaker, Matty Doe. That's going to be coming up on audio. You have some of the video stuff. A lot of stuff is going on. But before we get out of here for this, episode final thoughts from eric holmes slash adam sandler slash what what, what you got yeah, i got nothing to say here. I, I just want to say i watch your movies and they were really good <laughs> what about you bruce i'm sorry i'm sorry about that you can't it's hard for you to top that with your final thought i, I can't i'm fact i'm gonna have to get adam sandler back because i really need to know adam what do you like on your hot dog fingers <laughs> <laughs> I, I got nothing. I can't, cannot be the one. Call He's got me. nothing. We've got nothing. Next week, Skittles. Skittles. <laughs> well, well, folks, we're going to end our Find Your Film episode. I, I believe this is episode 114. I could be wrong or 115. One of those, one of those things. But we will end on Skittles, and we will see you with something more next week here on Find Your Film. Thanks, guys, for listening. <laughs>